Hi, it's producer Chris from The Bugle here. Did you know that I have a new series of my podcast, Richie Firth Travel Hacker, out now? It's the show where Richie Firth and I talk about how to make travel better in our very special way. In this series, we discuss line bikes, Teslas, the London Overground, and a whole bunch of other random stuff that possibly involves wheels or tracks or engines of some variety. God, what a hot sell this is. I mean, you 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 must be so excited. Listen now. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. The Bugle presents The Last Post with Alice Fraser. Hello, posters, and welcome to The Last Post on this, the 14th of January of the year 2020. On this day in history, in 1943, President Roosevelt and Winston Churchill met at Casablanca in Morocco to work on strategy during World War II, giving rise to the famous movie John Wick 3, in which retired super assassin Keanu Reeves plays Winston Churchill and Halle Berry plays President Roosevelt in a high-stakes action thrill-fest that gave us all some perspective on the political nuances of Allied troop movements during the mid-40s. Celebrations of note today include Dress Up Your Pet Day and International Kite Day, so feel free to dress up your pet as a kite, though we take no responsibility for the consequences as and when you hurl them into a passing breeze. In a way, any pet on a leash is dressed up as a kite if you drag them fast enough. It is also Poetry at Work Day, so write a sonnet to your secretary, bring a haiku to your HR manager, and blurt out a ballad to your boss. Steer clear of free verse, because let's be frank, you're not as good at it as you think you are. Our guest today is a favourite on this podcast, currently well embarked on his launch of various literary covers, including some poetry books. I hear you're putting your name to both Leaves of Grass and Don Quixote. Andy Zaltzman, welcome back to the show. Uh, well, thanks, uh, Alice. I mean, anything to, to popularise these long-dead works of what was once considered art using the power of celebrity, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to do that for the good of humanity. You've Can re- I just pick you up on the Dress Up Your Pet Day and kite day. What if your pet is a kite? <laughs> if you are a bird fan, then it's dressed for success, dressed right. for the job you want to have. Yeah. What do you, and you've got an extra what hour, hour and a half 
messing around. Too. I imagine you could just put some uh, little bunting on its tail to make it more. You can't bunt a bird. Double double kite a kite. There's a reason that no bird has evolved feathers in a pattern of bunting because it's not flight friendly, is it? Well, I mean, you look at a peacock and you go, really, are they considering yeah. in their own long-term best interests? No, probably not. You might have a point. Peacock there. butt feathers are the Brexit of the bird kingdom. <laughs> <laughs> I think peacock butt feathers played for the Boston Red Sox in the 50s. <laughs> Coming up today, we'll be talking the newest news on the British opposition. But first, some headlines. In the news today, Facebook's stock has dropped precipitously amid calls for its breakup when someone's niece on TikTok made fun of it in an hilariously viral video. She called the tech giant lame only for old people and the new MySpace, which has led to about a billion old people deleting their social media app out of annoyance at being called old. When asked to comment, Mark Zuckerberg said something, but who cares, he's over 30 now and nothing he says matters anymore. <laughs> Donald Trump's proposed changes to the now 50-year-old Environmental Protection Act are causing controversy as environment experts and people with a lick of sense say that they will end in disastrous pollution in North America. When asked for comment on data that indicates pollution is bad, President Trump responded, You'll pay for this, Captain Planet, and then dropped a smoke bomb and disappeared. <coughs> Why change your winning formula? <laughs> After Gucci, Vivian Westwood, Balmain, Thierry Mugler and Raph Simmons showcased latex on their 2019 catwalks and stars such as Kim Kardashian, Rachel Weisz, Cardi B, Katy Perry, Ariana Grande and Nicki Minaj have been spotted wearing it. Latex fetishists in the US and Canada have embarked on a series of protests as the trickle of fabric into popular culture has skyrocketed. The group Butt Out of Our Butt Stuff was set up after the movie Deadpool mainstreamed butt stuff for straight men and is embarking on this protest against what they called the desexification of latex. Spokesperson Captain Erection is quoted in The Guardian saying, Stop ruining everything by making it fine. Stop saying you approve of our disgusting lifestyles. It's so unsexy. Disapprove of us, you horrible <laughs> monsters. Kink shaming is our kink, and saying you accept our horrible sex parties really takes the swing out of our sex swings. <laughs> Can I, latex. So I'd, I'd always thought latex was um, one of, an Elon Musk company, which <laughs> yeah. he provided high-tech funerals for people. I mean, I'm sure he would, just firing you up into space to join his I mean, constellation that, of drones. Is that not the future of funerals? The future of funerals is being fired into space. Yeah, why not? I mean, yeah, it's not particularly eco-friendly, Andy. No, but it's eco-friendly once you're in space, isn't it? <laughs> I mean, actually, Neil Armstrong probably was more eco-friendly in space than on land. I mean, what they really just the getting him into space bit that was knocked a few trees out, I suppose. What they really need is one of those space elevators that has been previously proposed, which yes. is just a a big boner coming out of the earth, firing straight through the atmosphere and into space. You could definitely get rid of our dead bodies that way. Yeah, it's not like they're part of the glorious cycle of life or anything. No. Oh, I guess. I mean, I guess another option would be to just pile them up into a rumbling volcano and let nature cremate <laughs> yeah. them for you. I am all for that. And why wait till they're dead, Andy? Let's just <laughs> sacrifice them. Now it is time for the ads section because everything we do is paid for by ads these days and we don't have a choice. Remember, you can submit an ad by email at thelastpost at somethingelse.com. There's no G in something else. A lot of people have been emailing me with that as a problem. Kidney stones, dark urine, bad breath? Try half a glass of water. Probably you need more, but half a glass is a great place to start. Spoken by Alice Fraser for the Increase Your Fluid Intake and Reap the Benefits of Water Foundation. Not sponsored. And here is a help-wanted ad in the classified section of the ads... 
A surgeon wanted for local hospital, no experience needed, must have own tools and a taste for the job. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. And that is your ads for today. The Last Post. Top story today, the ghost of Jeremy Corbyn is haunting the Labour leadership fight as various people you've probably not heard of battle to become the person you blame for all your problems. The battle for Britain has begun, if by Britain you mean the people who will moan about the current government and by proxy the current parliamentary opposition, by which I mean all British people. Andy, you're our expert on unsuccessful politicians. Who do you think will come out on top? Well, it's a tough one to call at this this early stage, what the arcane procedures for selecting a, the leader, which I think will be done by the year 2037, if I've read all the regulations correctly. Uh, I mean, there, there's been talk uh, from my Labour Party insiders that they might be going with uh, five different leaders on a one-month-at-a-time rotation, and then whichever's <laughs> been best gets to do the last two months of the year, including Christmas. Leaving politicians fallow for a little while well, is but, deeply underrated tactic. Well, it is, isn't it? When, you think, when you think about it, you know, if it works for for crops it should work for politicians as well and that's a, a rule as old as politics itself and because we see politicians getting tired you know that's an ending strain is that why they keep covering themselves in bullshit yes i think it is it's fertilizing it is self-fertilizing you need a rest don't you i mean it's a very intense intense job you know we see you know elite boxers generally two fights a year so you know when you've got to prepare yourself to that level of you know physical perfection no one no one bats an eyelid However, you know, to be a top-level politician, you need to be absolutely on top of everything. So why not just have you know, a leader doing a month of intense work and then having four or five months off? Of course, it is a hard race for the leadership of the Labour Party, as whoever finds their way to the top has to prove that they are the least anti-Semitic, or the most anti-Semitic. Well, I think, uh, I don't know, least or most, but um, probably better at suppressing it. Yes, Keir Starmer, who's been tipped by some as the front-runner, he's promised to lead the struggle against anti-Semitism, so he's the most anti-anti-Semitic. Speaking on BBC Radio, he said, we should have done more on anti-Semitism. If you're anti-Semitic, you shouldn't be in the Labour Party. It is not complicated. Also, maybe if you're a Jew, we don't want to tempt any sort of controversy. (laughs) Yes, well, that's it. I mean, it's not so much being pro-Semitic, but being anti-anti-Semitic. And that's that was Corbyn's big failure, that and the novelty single. (laughs) 
Do you agree with this new reality television program that's being proposed, Opposition Island, where the field of new opposition leaders are dropped on a remote mountainside and forced to compete in a number of degrading and competitive events to win the respect of their party? Well, I, I'm not only agree with it, I'm down to be executive producer of it as well. Uh, I mean, but I can't believe it's taken so long for democracy to reach this logical conclusion that this is really what, what the people want. I mean, it's not that many steps on from electioneering from you know the pre-election debates which are just verbal equivalences of degrading competitive events to try and win the passing pseudo respects of, of voters so um so and also i mean it could be something that britain you know in our in our brexit future we we could actually you know set ourselves up as you know a remote island for other countries to drop their leaders on <laughs> you know we voted to become more remote we are already uh, an island despite what you know, the, the naysayers may claim. I mean, um, Oxford and Cambridge are certainly where other countries drop their rich princes and princesses. Yes, yeah. So, so there's already a kind of a, a junior programme in there. But very much so. It's no less sensible than, than how we currently choose. I mean, either, you know, the Conservative leadership campaign that we saw last year, which was chosen by, I think, 12 pensioners at a bus stop, randomly chosen in a safe <laughs> Tory seat somewhere in Surrey. I mean, it's not that different from that, really, is it? In, in fact, it's in many ways, it's it's better, so... Yeah, I'm all for randomisation of leadership, so this I mean, is a good step towards that. Essentially, all political positions should be chosen based on an addition of the formerly popular TV quiz, The Krypton Factor. I don't know if you remember, <laughs> this was probably not big in Australia. But also, was a, I wasn't allowed to watch television, so feel free to yeah, explain. So it was, it was a, and I think they rebooted it shitly in the man, manner of modern reboots, but it involved a mixture of uh, general knowledge, a mixture of kind of mental tests and problem solving and you had to do an obstacle course as well so basically <laughs> it was a full human 360 test and no one should be allowed to take public office without winning an episode of the krypton factor against their political opponents i mean absolutely or boxing chess yes that's where you do i think it's one move in chess and one round of boxing yes yeah i mean it's yeah i mean i'd love to see it's so much i guess about who wins the toss in that that uh, you think back to the mike tyson gary <laughs> yeah. kasparov series very much whoever got the first move was uh, was pretty much in control. Who is your favourite British opposition leader in history? Uh, Bodicea. Um, <laughs> yeah, very strong, fiery female role model, you know, opposition leader against the, the Romans. Yeah, I mean, very much the Thatcher of her time, but without the vendetta against the North. Yes. Yeah, I mean, maybe that would have been phase two, Bodicea, if she'd managed to <laughs> get get through the early years. But, uh, yeah, I'll definitely, definitely go. I mean, I think, you know, drop her back into British politics as well. That would shake things up a bit. Oh, yeah, run her scythe-wheeled chariot through yeah. the Houses of Parliament. And... and she was very much a Eurosceptic as well. So, um, <laughs> uh, uh, as you know, by the standards of the time. The people's princess. And now it is time for your letters to the editor. Dear Alison co-host, that's you uh, today, Andy. Why has Andy Zaltzman gone to Madagascar and when will he come back? He is my favourite co-host and I miss him now that he is gone. Kind regards, Gerald Fleming. Uh, hi, Gerald. Hi, Gerald. Yeah, Andy Zaltzman did leave the UK for Madagascar, claiming that his superstardom made life in the UK intolerable, to which I'd respond first out of the gate, Andy, no, that's just life in the UK. 
Uh, sure, yes, he did kick down his own post box and set fire to his own shrubbery while shrilly screaming, this place, I'm never coming home. But here he is, back in the studio, a mere three days later. What's happened there, Andy? Madagascar not suit you? It was more a logistics issue that uh, there, were no, uh, there were no direct boats to Madagascar. I'm very environmentally conscious, of course. I don't want to get a, a flight. And um, I can't row or sail. So I was very much dependent on a shipping route. Or the benevolence of a passing dolphin. Yes, which, I mean, I've been burnt by that too many times, Alice. Well, this is the thing. I think dolphins get too much uh, positive press. Yeah. They're pretty gross. They are utterly disgusting creatures. It's... I mean, foul. Just because they look like they're smiling, that doesn't. Yeah. Charm is an amoral quality. I don't think you can really trust anything with a snout that long. Well, I mean, you know, dolphins are evolved from wolves, right? They, well, they came well, out of the water. They've got residual. So they yeah. came out of the water and then they gave up, Andy. They gave up on the land and they went back they went into back the water. To water. I mean, I mean, yes. I mean, you might criticise them for that. But looking at the state of the planet now and putting it in the context of evolution <laughs> of life, would it not have, would this planet not have been happier if that first fish that climbed out of the sea had thought, nah. Well, we don't know what underwater politics is like, Andy, and this is one of the problems with engaging with the yep. octopus people in the New New Zealand uh, colony. Right. Uh, we're not quite sure how they vote or what they vote on or whether they vote at all. Yes. But it could well, be... it's pretty cut... Dogfish eat dogfish well down there, isn't it? Yeah, I don't think it'd be fun. Yeah. But we'll find out soon. Thank you for listening to The Last Post today. You can listen in again tomorrow. If you have not done so before, tune in to our previous daily episodes. The Last Post is a Something Else and Bugle podcast production. Your guest is Andy Zaltzman. Andy, have you got anything to plug this week? Uh, I've got a new um, fragrance coming out. Uh, it's, a new uns- <laughs> it's a new unsmellable fragrance. It's called Ria Paz Altor. Um, uh, there have been claims... In uh, in the media that it is just water. I mean, I don't know. It's not. You know, I just put my name on the Andy's Altman shaped bottle. I can't really be held responsible for what ha- what's actually in it. And if you if you choose to to buy it for forty five pounds for fifty milliliters, and that's <laughs> that's your problem. Really putting the O into eau de cologne. Yeah, rien pas outdoor. <laughs> I'm Alice Fraser. The executive producer of this podcast is Christopher D. Skinner, and we will talk to you tomorrow. <laughs>